Welcome to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast, the show where brilliant professionals share how to sharpen the universal skills required to flourish at work. Enjoy more career fun, wins, meaning, and money with your host, Pete Mikaitis. Hello, and thanks so much for joining us here for episode 334 with Maxie McCoy. I think you'll love this chat with Maxie because she takes a direct aim at that tricky feeling, desperation, panic, recurring worry. What the heck am I doing? Where am I going with my career, with my job, with my life? We go there and she's got some practical tips for de-stressing that and making some great progress. You'll learn one, two exercises for discerning your direction. Two, why you should keep a gratitude journal. And three, five wise questions to ask your support network. So if you'd like to take a look at the show notes or the transcript or the links to items we've referenced here, it's over at awesomeatyourjob.com slash ep334. And here's Maxie's story. Maxie McCourt is a writer and speaker obsessed with giving women the tools they need to believe in themselves, but men, she'll help you out too. It's all good. She writes weekly inspiration on MaxieMcCoy.com and is the host and executive producer of the live audience show, Let Her Speak. She specializes in creating meaningful offline experiences for top brands and conferences, and her work has been featured on Good Morning America, Bustle, Fortune, The Skim, Inc., Business Insider, Yahoo, Marie Claire, Glassdoor, The Huffington Post, Women's Health, and many others. Thanks to Maxie for sharing some time with us and thanks to our sponsors check them out here is maxi maxi thanks so much for joining us here on the how to be awesome at your job podcast oh thank you for having me well i think we get to a lot of really good stuff and perhaps the best place to start is with your flower obsession what's the story here (laughs) you know where all great podcasts start So my flower obsession, I really just have this dream of myself in the future where I'm going to own a flower shop at the age of 80. But really where that came from is I have a ritual every Saturday morning. I go to the farmer's market here in San Francisco at the Ferry Building. We'll get into rituals later because it's such a key piece of figuring out where we're going. And I basically only allow myself a certain amount of cash and I spend it all on flowers. And then I come back and I fancy myself a flower designer and cover my one bedroom apartment full of flowers. So it's just flowers galore in here. I can't really explain it other than it's a really fab ritual. Yeah, well, that is really fab, if I may. <laughs> and I've been curious, you know, I don't have much in, in the way of flowers. Most days are, are flowerless in our home. Oh, no. We need to change that. <laughs> It'll bring your home alive. Well, one thing I've noticed is that every time I pass eucalyptus branches, I go, oh, I really like that. And so that seems like a nice little gateway drug, if you will, into bringing them into my home. But someone freaked me out like, oh, you better watch out for mold and for bugs and for like, oh, oh, what, what, what should I do if I want to get eucalyptus into my life in the home? Are there any like safety tips I need to follow or, or what's the story? I I really think that that's amazing. First of all, I'm the girl that could kill a cactus. So if I can do it, I feel like you can do it and not have to worry about bugs. But isn't eucalyptus the one that dries and then stays in a vase for a really long time? That's what I thought. Yeah, you picked a really good one. And also, eucalyptus makes the air smell amazing. Yes, it's so fresh and alive. It's like I'm, <laughs> I'm a little bit more energized and I love being more energized. See, and we're going to talk about that too. So I think that you just need to follow the energy, Pete, and get yourself some eucalyptus. No, thank you. Well, already already you're unlocking transformation. Uh, so <laughs> right here, that's, that's right appreciated. here on a flower anecdote. 
Well, so in, in, with inspirations, you've got a lot of them written up at uh, your website, maxiemccoy.com. And, and I'd love to hear, I was sort of cruising through them and, and enjoying them. What would you say are some of the, the biggest recurring themes that, that show up again and again as you're doing your writing? Yeah, you know, there's a few of them. And I think in order to understand where they come from, it's important to understand why I started writing to begin with. I actually was spending about 90% of my time on the road talking to women, building out offline networking communities. So I was building out curriculum and facilitating workshops and really just focused on having these conversations with young professional women. And there were just so many universal themes that kept coming up that I'm like, you know, I'm, I was a, a writer first and writing has always been my first love. I was like, I have to capture this somewhere because these conversations that we're having in anywhere from groups of 10 to groups of 300 could be brought together for other people to glean from. And what really came out of that, and it's what you see as, as you're cruising around on my site, is this, you know, kind of incessant doubt around our future. You know, there's just a lot of these themes of, am I doing the right things? Is what I'm feeling normal? How do I handle this doubt? Where the heck am I going with my life? And really the the writings there are one giant love letter to women that, you know, they're not alone, that we're actually all feeling these things and asking these things. And most of it comes into, you know, career is a cornerstone in our life and my writings. Um, so those are some of the big ones. That's good. And and so now our, our audience is, is mostly women, but, but not all. And so uh, I'd say, you know, gentlemen too, uh, experience some of these, these questions, uh, the, the, where am I going with my life obsession, you call it. And, and so your book, you're not lost tackles this. And, and how would you phrase the, the main idea behind you're not lost? Yeah, well, You're Not Lost came because in all those conversations I was referencing, it was the one thing, and I'm sure you have this with your podcast also, it's the one thing that I just kept hearing over and over and over again. And, you know, it brought me to the the main thesis and the solution that I was trying to create from having heard this so much is just simply that you don't have to know where you're going in order to begin, that we can find our way when we tap into a really deep sense of self-belief in order to take small step after small step after small step. Okay, I dig this. And and I see that you on your site have referenced to Tara Moore and we've had her on the show and and she's she's awesome. That's one of the the top, top download episodes, fun fact, the the Tara Moore episode. You know, it doesn't surprise me just this morning, actually, I was um, sharing on Instagram about you know, this visualization of of my future self, which I actually found from Tara, the amount of comments already this morning on that of just what she she resonates so widely with me, with my audience also. And and, you know, just kind of that that concept of, you know, some of what we want to figure out in our life, we can we can do by going forward first. Yes. And, and so for the listener, that was the inner mentor exercise where you imagine an older, wiser version of yourself in a pleasant setting and just say, what does your older, wiser self tell you? And and it's 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 almost freaky. I was like, wow, th- that was really wise and helpful. And right. Wait, so did you do it? Yeah. And I, I just made that up. It's like, <laughs> that's all from me. Whoa. <laughs> that all came from me. Wait, I yeah. have to know, what was your inner mentor's name? 
Because in the visualization exercise for everybody listening, you have to name your future self. Do you remember what your name was? We did it at such a rapid pace. It was sort of real time on the show. And so I more just had a visual picture as opposed to, I just thought of him as Peter. Like Maxine. And I more so resonated with his... Um, you know, just his his gray hairs and and wrinkles, and yet sort of smiley, joyous demeanor. Like, okay, what does what's this guy have to tell me? <laughs> mm-hmm. what? Let's talk about this guy. Yeah, I, same. I had the I had a very similar experience. It was it was cool because kind of what you just said. We have all of our answers, and and a lot of the messaging that I work around is really to help people get to kind of peeling back that onion and figuring out you know, just figuring out our own answers. And this is one amazing exercise to do it. Okay. So we got the, I'm lost. Where am I doing? Where am I going with my life? That obsession, you say one of the very first steps is to just accept it's okay to, to start before you, you have the whole master plan step-by-step step laid out. So you know, what are some of the other first steps that uh, folks should take with, if, when they're wrestling with this one? Yeah, I think, you know, when you are just kind of obsessed with that question, there's a lot of people out there that are going to tell you to find your passion or figure out your purpose, which honestly, and I don't want to offend anyone, I kind of think it's BS because we're all really smart people, right? If we knew the answer to that, we'd be doing it already. And so it really is more of getting us into action to a place that we're going to be able to really level up the answer to some of those like really big questions and at a macro view kind of figuring out where is my life going really is about dropping the obsession with the big picture and stepping into the unknown. You know, I am a reformed gold junkie and then some. I just used to live my life by a master plan, but there's a number of things that happen when you do that, right? We've all been there where we've achieved a goal and feel completely empty about it, whether we've done that at work or whether we've done that in our own lives. You know, we've set this bar for ourselves and we get there and it's like, well, this doesn't really feel like anything. Or we don't have the ability to even conceptualize the master plan. The feeling of loss comes from both of those. And, you know, just at a really, at a macro view, when we can tap into our own power and be willing to step into the unknown. We're going to create the path as we go. That is what starts to open up the like, oh, I actually do know where this is going, but you're not going to think your way to that answer. Oh, okay. I dig that. I dig that. Well, and I think sometimes people will identify a passion like, I love the violin. It was like, oh, but that's really not practical. You know, that's, you know, you can't make a career in the violin, only a dozen people uh, per town or, you know, whatever. It could go to the symphony. So I'm intrigued by that is like you say, well, if you knew it, then you'd be set. You'd already and, be doing it. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, sometimes you, you have some inklings, but it feels sort of impractical or, or not possible. So yeah, what do you do with that one? I think that, I mean, you're totally right that there are some of these that can feel impossible However, if something is moving you forward, actually, so much possibility is there. You know, I'd even say in my own life, working in women's leadership and talking to women for a living, really, like when my background was sports broadcasting, even though this was always my passion, really did always feel outlandish um, until some of the small decisions and choices that I made led me here. And, you know, I think 
instrumentally kind of these kind of high level, like being a pro athlete or a concert pianist, like those things could absolutely be hard to achieve and to make a life and to grow. But, you know, in the context of our own jobs, when we're able to kind of tap into that inkling and know, you know, it may not be about the fact that you love playing the violin and that's where you want to make your living, it may just be that you want to be a bit more creative, right? Like you might be in a data job, but the violin is really speaking to you and then really understanding why is that? What are the qualities about this um, that are pushing me forward? And I think when you start to tap into that energy and ask yourself why, and you know, we've heard the exercise, I'm sure all of us, you ask yourself why three times and it can really get at what that inkling might be able to tell you, even if it feels really not remotely possible. There's there's some kind of nugget there. All right. So with the violin piece, with, when you go into some whys, let's just see how, how yeah. this might work. It might be, I love the idea of being able to be immersed in something for just hours at a time without interruption and feeling like I'm being pulled in, in 10 different directions from, from all these different stakeholders who, exactly. who want a piece of me. And so then there's like, okay, well, and I so, ask you, okay, Pete, but why? All right. So I don't actually play the violin. So I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to imagine a violin player, but, but it could be like, there's just a, if you're, you want to know what's funny is I do play the <laughs> no violin. Kidding. Maybe my subconscious picked that up as I was <laughs> reading about incredible. you. It's by but, <laughs> my feet, which is amazing. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> That's so good. Well, so, well, well you tell me, <laughs> you know, why, yeah. why you, I think, so maybe the why associated with that, I'm just going to guess. Um, and then you give me another example. So with the violin, I, I like the I like the sense of going deeply immersive into something and not being pulled in main directions because I feel like I am you know, getting a sense of of learning and growth and mastery from getting to to spend that extensive focus time. And if I go why again. Mm-hmm. It can be like, or in some ways, I almost feel like I'm at the end because that sensation yeah. is awesome. And I'd love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And you're feeling very alive or very energized, right? And it does come back to that sensation. I think what, you know, builds into so much of the joy that we have in our careers is like, where are we spending our time and the feelings that we're getting out of that? Yeah, totally. Well, so give us maybe another three why example that you've seen with some folks you've worked with. Yeah. So I think that when you're breaking down, whether it's um, energy or expression, I think really kind of figuring out who we are is a really amazing first step and, you know, kind of progressing this question along, like how I am always asking myself and others, how can you be the highest possible expression of yourself? What does that actually look like? And then when you are able to distill down what the expression of you looks like and ask yourself, you know, why that matters, why that matters, why that matters. You can really get at all of the molds and the limits that were keeping you from being that person. And the reason I think that, you know, this is really important in the in the grand scheme of kind of figuring your path out is, you know, there's so much telling us to be different. There's so much telling us that we need to change before we begin. But actually, we just need to take 
all of the things that people have told us to do differently and to be differently, flip it on its head, and you actually have an inverse, you know, an inverse formula specifically for being the highest possible expression of who you are, which is going to directly correlate to the things that energize you. And I think when you can ask yourself why three times and, you know, doing this often, it really gets down into, you know, why does it matter that I am the most me and, and who does she or he actually look like in that? Now we say inverse formula. Can you talk a little bit more about that? What are we diverting? Yeah, so just we're basically converting all of the things people have told us to change and flipping it on its head. So if I've been told, you know, that I talk a lot, or, you know, that I'm loud or any of these, you know, kind of other, you know, that I taking up too much space. It's it's really just flipping it and doing all of those things and doing more of those things. The things that come so innate into who we are, they make up who we are and those become what an expression of us look like and not changing them and not trying to fit into other people's molds because molds are just limits. They they pull down on on who we are. Yeah, and that's that's intriguing, and, and I think in, in some ways you want to exercise a, a a bit of prudence there because on the one hand, if someone says, "Oh, Peach, you've always got your head in the clouds," you know, you got to be more practical. <laughs> well, I can I can imagine inverting that. It's like, well, hey, no, coming up with new ideas and innovation is is a real strength of mine, and so I'm going to run with that and make it happen. Versus if it's like, Peach, you, you you drink so much, you embarrass yourself and everybody else around you. There's like. I'm probably not going to flip that. It's like, this is who I am. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think your um, asterisk is really important that these are, you know, you give a perfect example of where those things can really matter and where they can not really be relevant to as much of a career conversation. But yeah, you're, you're totally spot on. I think it's, it's more kind of values and characteristics driven as, you know, as we're trying to apply our talent into um, whatever it is that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right. Well, so there's some, some great steps to, to get the wheels turning in some really positive directions. I, I'm wondering, once you've begun, what do you do next? What do you do next? It's a, I'm really glad that you asked that. I think once the wheels are turning, there's a couple things and exercises that are just really powerful to get you to continue moving. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about going forward, right? And talking to that future self per Tara. But I think, you know, coming back to this, what energizes me conversation, because that's going to point you like a compass where it is that you should be stepping. Reflecting here is really, really powerful. I think looking back, looking back at your work, you know, if you're in a place where you feel stuck or you feel a little bit unhappy or you're feeling like you have no idea where you're going, Going backwards and asking yourself, you know, where are all of the places that I felt the most energized? Energized can be a little amorphous. So I think kind of breaking that down even further and asking yourself, where have I felt proud? Where have I done things where I've completely lost track of time? We hear that one a lot. Where have you really felt deeply connected to your power? And just listing out whatever comes up you'll start to see that there's probably a lot of similarities in some of the types of work that you're doing. And then to put action around those because that's what actually matters. And like just what you were saying, getting that wheel turning is not so much about creating the grand plan, but just asking yourself the simple question of what is the absolute smallest thing I can do right now to put 
any of that energy into motion. In my own life, one of the biggest life-changing things that's ever happened to me came from a tiny, tiny decision. And, you know, a lot of what happens in our life isn't because we took this giant big leap. It's because we made one really small decision that ended up setting us off on a very exciting and different course. And we kept taking those steps and we kept taking those steps, but it started somewhere. For me, that was, you know, about six and a half years ago. I'd been in sports broadcasting. I wasn't yet in women's leadership. I was feeling more lost than I had ever felt. And I was like, shoot, like I have got to go back to just the things that make me me, the things that I really care about. And, you know, I took myself actually through some of this, you know, where had I felt the most proud and energized in my life? And it all came down to writing and women's stories. So I decided to sign up for a writing class. And it was a tiny decision, you know, at the time, it was just a difference of like, I was like, can I afford this seven-week class or not? Uh, And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it because I need to be exercising this energy that makes me feel alive. And that ended up leading me directly to the startup that put me in into women's leadership, you know, why I started being on the map and traveling and talking to women because a woman in that writing class handed me the front page of the San Francisco Chronicle business section and was like, hey, there are these women who are building a company based on all the things that you care about. And I think that's what we underestimate is we have no idea how it's all going to play out. Life is so not linear. There's just no way to tell these things. But If we can get into a place where we're really willing to do that absolute smallest thing to follow the energy, it could truly lead us anywhere. And that's where the path starts to open up. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I'd also like to get your take when it comes to the instincts and 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 what they're they're serving up. How do you think about doing the the trusting of instincts versus the the digging deeper and exploring and evaluating what the instincts are 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 pointing to? Yeah, I think I think it's a really it's a fine balance, right? Of knowing do I trust this? Like is this just anxiety and fear coming up? Or do I need to go a little further? Do I need to ask some people? I think we can actually answer that ourselves when we come back to us. One of the things that I think we lose track of is how much time we're spending in other people's lives, which makes it really hard to evaluate any of those instincts, right? Because we're so not tapped into to our own power. I mean, these, you know, these stats get referenced all the time, but the fact that A third of us feel unhappy and envious following our most recent social exchange. I mean, that that just tells us that there's a direct correlation to how how we're feeling and how outside of ourselves we're getting to even know what our instincts are saying, much less trusting them enough to do anything about it. But I think, you know, with instincts specifically, this one's a little this one's a little off the off the map. But I love it so much, and I'm on a crusade uh, to bring back superstitions and lucky charms. And hold with me. Um, It's not as crazy as it sounds. When you are starting to get onto this path, right, and you're taking action, and the fear shows up, and the, the gut instincts are showing up, but you don't know if this is right or if you should even follow it, there's a lot that we can do to ritualize our highest potential. And so... 
doesn't matter what this is. I can tell you what mine are, but there's a reason that top athletes and people are using like the sign of the cross a million times or have their lucky underpants. Like there's so many examples of people doing this. And there was actually a study that found, um, they were, did this specifically with golfers that when you hear I'll cross my fingers for you or you're given a lucky ball, they do better. They do better than those who didn't hear those things or weren't given a golf ball. And so we all have the power to kind of ritualize that experience. Um, For me, I have an Oprah candle (laughs) that I light for myself before really big days. I also light it for other people. It's this like, long candle that has Oprah's face on it because I'm obsessed with her. <laughs> I know, um, but Oprah gave you this candle. What is no, an Oprah candle? Oprah, <laughs> like, Oprah didn't give me the candle. It's just, just an old devotional candle looking that has Oprah's oh, face on wow. it. She's like my religious experience, but that's besides the point. So it's become like a joke now amongst me and all of my friends. Like, I'll light the lucky Oprah candle for you and I light it for myself. And it's not just superstition and lucky charms. It's really proven to help our performance. And so I think, you know, when you, when you're kind of talking about, I'm feeling this, I'm not trusting it, or I don't trust myself in it. There's, you know, there's some very real things we can do, like coming back to ourselves by getting out of the world of everyone else. And then, you know, how can I use a lucky charm or superstition to just improve my performance, which is going to feedback loop cycle back to you feeling more confident and doing even more. Well, you know, what's really cool about the lucky charm or superstition or ritual piece is that, you know, whenever I go deep into a scientific journal article reading, which is surprisingly often, <laughs> I just, I'm not a scientist. You know, I'm not, I just, I'm not surprised by that, dude. <laughs> I, I just, I, I'm curious and I want to know the truth. So I'll, I'll just, I'll get after it. And so one thing that really strikes me is how the placebo is really pretty good. <laughs> like like uh-huh. when we compare something against the placebo and like, oh, it, it, it didn't do any better than the placebo. It's like, yeah, but the placebo did pretty <laughs> good <laughs> yeah. Yeah, on its own. Pretty powerful. Exactly. You, they should just, you know, sell placebos and just like look at all the results they could claim. And I, I don't know, maybe maybe a FTC or somebody's cracked out on that. Well, but I guess the, the placebo effect doesn't really work unless you believe that there's something that's that's at work. Is being done. Yeah. Do you have a lucky charm yourself? And I don't know about... No, the candles over there? I don't, I don't know if I... I don't know if I'd call it a lucky charm, but this is... Uh, you know, I had a rosary that turned gold when I was in a pilgrimage location. No way. Way, yeah. And actually it's it's funny because a lot of people say, oh, this happens. So I was I was checking it like every few hours when I was there. You know, it's in a tiny village in, in Bosnia. And so uh so that's pretty cool because it's like, whoa, something something miraculous and supernatural happened here. And so if, if there's something really big happening, I do kind of want that by me because it's sort of like, well, hey, here's this this got a, a heavenly touch and and I'd like that to be near me, you know, in, in this moment. It's pow it's powerful. And I think knowing what those things are for you, I, I am so blown away by that story. That's incredible. Yeah, I would keep it by you and in your pocket at all times. Well, it's it's really, it's fallen apart a few times. I've had to like try to repair it because yeah, it's it's been around. Slash, can I borrow it? If you're next to me, <laughs> it's like we're in the same room. While we're in the same room, you can have it in your pocket. Amazing. Whether it's a, a lucky charm or an item from heaven or or a placebo, you know, there, there's something to that. Well, I also want to get your take you, on your website. 
you have one of the most interesting hashtags that I've ever seen. And it's, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> and it's, it's hashtag batshit grateful. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, boy, there's a combination of words and I think I love it. So could you unpack a little bit yeah. of that? What, what's that mean? I, I absolutely can. I, you know, I'm trying to remember the genesis of this particular hashtag, but I really think it just came from a place of being so grateful. I didn't like, and like, hashtag grateful was not enough for me. And, you know, people say batshit crazy often. I was like, no, like I'm not crazy. I'm grateful. And then batshit grateful was born. And for me, kind of going back to that ritual conversation and, and the power of gratitude was something that I ended up ritualizing in my own life because, you know, things were just, you know, getting crazy. And I was trying to find a way to kind of ground back into myself so I could listen to take these, you know, little steps that were opening up on my own path. But I mean, people talk about gratitude journals all the time. And I, you know, every year I felt like I was writing on on my, you know, kind of like New Year's resolutions, like this is the year, this is the year that I'm starting the gratitude journal. But it actually wasn't until I read Oprah's What I Know For Sure, which is one of my favorite books. And she talks about in her career and at the height of her career, she was feeling a lot of unfulfillment in her own work. And when she looked at the reason for that, she brought it all down to the fact that she had stopped a gratitude journal that she had done for decades because things were at the height. It was getting crazy. She had more than she had ever had. And yet, it wasn't feeling like enough. And I just had this light bulb moment of like, okay, if Oprah felt like that then, then I sure as heck have to get my head wrapped around feeling grateful for what's going on, you know, kind of in my life right now. And there is so much to back this up. One of the things that has always stuck with me about gratitude journaling is that if you do that for five minutes, it increases your long-term well-being by more than 10%. And 10% is the same impact as doubling your income. So you can feel the effects of doubling your income just by gratitude journaling for five minutes a day. And that really kind of sums up the practice of being batshit grateful. But the hashtag as it is, is just a way for me to just kind of put out in the world, like, I am so grateful for where I'm at, even though I have a million places that I want to go. Well, and what's cool about even just the concept of being batshit grateful is, is, is like being crazy. It's sort of like over the top. It's like, mm-hmm. it's, it might, might make people go, whoa, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, Pays no, attention. Yeah. but nonetheless, you, you really can be an experience. Like it really is wondrous that mm-hmm. you, whatever you have, you have delicious food available to eat or that mm-hmm. you can summon a Lyft or an Uber to just <laughs> snap you up from your phone. You could contact anybody in the world and, and be in touch with them. You can have Pete's voice on your phone any morning you want. Wow. That was <laughs> so much to be grateful for. <laughs> it really is so it's, much. My, my voice. And so with the gratitude journal, could you unpack a little bit what happens in this five minutes? So you're, you're feeling grateful. You got a pen and paper. And what are you doing? I think that you are just reflecting on your day. And when I say I think, I mean, you are reflecting on your day. You're coming up with, you know, no matter how bad your day was, no matter how good your day was, what are a few things I always encourage to do three, two of those being, you know, what are the things that you're grateful for outside of yourself? So like 
what you just said. I had a really amazing meal. I, you know, got to FaceTime with my best friend who lives in a, you know, another country. And then really taking that third, that last piece of, you know, the stuff that you're jotting down and asking, what am I grateful for myself for? You know, so whether that is that, you know, I had a a lot of motivation today and really got a lot done, or I feel like I handled that conversation really well, or I was really honest, you know, just being able to be grateful to yourself, not just to the things happening to you. Um, I do three, I jot down three and and give a lot of detail. You could do five if you wanted to do that every day. Um, And it really is just kind of piecing out what are the things, no matter how simple that you are feeling particularly grateful for that day. Oh, that is a nice, a nice piece there. So it, when I'm doing gratitude stuff, it's, it's, it's usually in prayer. And I, I think of, you know, three to five ish things that happened in the last 24 hours. And, and I, I took that from Sean Acorn his happiness advantage work, an amazing book, amazing book. And then I think of three to five things that I'm grateful for just in general that are generally great. Like, it's pretty cool that I have a baby. <laughs> but then you're adding a whole other dimension there in terms of, of grateful about yourself because I, I think it's quite easy to uh, to criticize yourself. I mean, I see mm-hmm. I see my shortcomings all the time. All the time. Well, our <laughs> brain's wired for that, right? You know, we're kind of wired for criticism. And, and so it could be, I'm grateful that yesterday I was able to do four podcast interviews, even though... It was, I was feeling really hot and tired <laughs> and, and, and they were, and they were great. That, so that's something to feel good about in, in terms of, you know, what I could do there. Exactly. That's exactly it. Beautiful. Well, Maxie, tell me anything else you want to cover before we shift gears and talk about some of your favorite things. Yeah, I think that we've talked a lot about this internal journey that we can have um, in order to kind of figure out where your life is going. But I think one of the things that we don't talk about enough is how in certain situations, external validation from the people that we love the most and who are some of our biggest cheerleaders can really have an impact on, on us believing in ourselves enough to take these actions. And so The last thing that I would say, you know, just in terms of what can make a really big impact in kind of figuring out where it is you want to go, and this was one of the more transformational exercises I've ever done uh, in my life is really surveying. And, you know, we, we hear this a lot about getting 300, you know, 360 degree feedback, doing peer reviews, you know, there's so much here and why this works when it comes to our own self-growth, but really figuring out where people see you and where they see your potential and your value can eventually help you get there. Um, You eventually will start to believe in yourself in the way that they see you and that they believe in you. And, you know, for me, what I had done was I had a friend who put together five questions. She sent them out in a, you know, in a type form to 15 to around 15 to 20 of my closest, like I call them cheerleaders, like people who are just your biggest fans and believe in you and have, you know, just your best interest at heart. And we asked them, you know, what makes me irreplaceable? What is my superpower? What's holding me back? 
where they thought I would be five years from now, and then anything else they wanted to say about my potential or my value or my talents. And then that friend, she actually synthesized all the information to me and delivered it to me in person and then gave me all the raw data. And I am telling you, Pete, my life, this was years ago, I am literally living the life that is in that spreadsheet of answers right now because they saw it. I just was too scared to do anything about it. But knowing that these people believed in me and what they saw started to to open up, you know, me being able to see what that North Star might be and, and how to get there. Well, that is cool. That is bold. Can you lay it out? What are a few of those questions that got in there? Yeah, the five are what makes you irreplaceable? What's your superpower? What's holding you back? What are you up to five years from now? And then any additional notes on talents, potential, or unique value? Yeah. Well, what I like is that it's uh, positive. We had a guest talking about uh, self-awareness. It was Tasha Yurik. Uh, self-awareness and, and talking about doing a dinner of truth. You know, it's not, and that's really cool. And, Super cool, but uh, I don't want to be there. <laughs> but, but, yeah, but it sounds, it sounds pretty spooky. And, yeah. and, and so, whereas, whereas those questions, we do have some constructive stuff, what's holding you back to, to deal with. But most of it's got to make you feel awesome. (laughs) And sometimes you need that. Like we're hard enough on ourselves. Yeah, that's cool. Well, well, thank you for that. Absolutely. Well, well, tell me uh, now, how about a favorite quote? Something you find inspiring. This is what I find this incredibly inspiring. You can tell me how you feel about this, but it's from an artist named Ashley Longshore. She's incredible. One of my favorite people to follow on Instagram, but she says instant gratification will get you stone drunk or pregnant. Everything else is going to take some time. And (laughs) I think it's just a really funny way. And I say it to myself often, you know, to just have some patience with any of the things with ourselves, with trying to figure all of this out. We just got to stick at it. Oh, that's great. Thank you. And how about a favorite study or experiment or bit of research? Yeah, the McKinsey study, I think this was late 2015, specifically around advancing women's equality, which is the thing that gets me out of bed in the morning that 12 trillion could be added to the global GDP by 2025. And for me, that's just a reminder of why this work matters. Mm, Thank you. And how about a favorite book? Lilac Girls. So this one is Martha Hall Kelly. I read it. I'm obsessed with it. You know, in all of this self-help work that we are all always doing, I have transitioned my mind at night to being obsessed with fiction. Um, And this is just one of my favorites. It's got some complex female characters that I dig. Oh, cool. Thank you. And how about a favorite tool? Something that helps you be awesome at your job. So I use and love, and this goes back to the gratitude journaling, um, an app called Reflectly. It's a daily gratitude journal where you rate your day. And then you can see over the course of time kind of how you are, uh, like what your metrics are, like how happy you've been over the course of a week or over the course of a month. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And how about a favorite habit? Am I allowed to talk about the Oprah candle again? Because that's just hands down my favorite <laughs> habit. That works. I light her every day. And by the way, I buy her in bulk. Okay. <laughs> and is there a particular nugget you share that really seems to connect or, or resonate with, with your people? And you hear it quoted back to you frequently? Yeah. You know, this quote around you never know who you're inspiring gets just three retweeted all the time from me because I think it's just a reminder to all of us that our actions, even if they feel small and insignificant, our actions, our stories, our voice, it all really matters so much. You have no idea the impact you're having on other people. And Maxie, if folks want to get in touch or talk to you, where should they go? 
please. I love talking to people. It's MaxieMcCoy.com. You can email me directly at an inbox. I do check at hello at MaxieMcCoy.com or quickly. I'm always fast on social. It's at MaxieMcCoy on Instagram and Twitter. And do you have a final challenge or call to action for those seeking to be awesome at their jobs? I really think that everyone should do this survey about their humans and just get that feedback and believe them. I also put this survey in my book, which is You're Not Lost. It's on any of the major retailers. Uh, You can find out a little bit more about the story and how to do that there. Perfect. Well, Maxie, this has been a ton of fun. Thanks so much for sharing your take and and good luck with with the book, You're Not Lost, and, and all you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so just batshit grateful to be here. (laughs) (laughs) I really appreciate Maxie's wisdom here, and I really appreciate our sponsors. Check them out. I was really inspired by Maxie's take on just those little decisions and how they they build and build and build on each other. And and I think that's just a great picture of how a lot of great things happen all the time. And I remember when I was in my early days consulting at Bain, I was always blown away by these super elaborate, gorgeous, advanced Excel models, you know, that had all these interlinking pages and sheets and you change one number and it updates thousands of others and then gives you a summary figure of how many millions of dollars of cost savings or whatever comes about if you adjust that one assumption. I thought that was really cool. And I was so intimidated, like, how will I ever make one of those without having tons of you know terrifying errors <laughs> that the client will find and, and get me into all sorts of trouble. But the, again and again, the, the message I heard was, well, you know, hey, it started really quick and easy. You know, it just had like 10 numbers on on one sheet and, and then it got a little bit more advanced. And then, hey, could we do this? I mean, sure, we could do that. We added one more feature, one more sheet, a little bit more depth behind each of those 10 numbers. And before you know it, we had this, this mega spreadsheet that was super awesome. So anyway, that's for spreadsheets, but the same thing holds for you figuring out the the life career journey, not so much needing to land on the super master plan, but just bit by bit, you know, what is bringing about uh, energy and, and goodness and forward action and and rolling with it and seeing where that goes into some cool directions. So, so thanks to Maxi for that. And if you want to check out the show notes or the transcript or the links to items we've referenced, you'll find it over at awesomeatyourjob.com slash F334. And if you haven't already, I hope you push subscribe. You'll hear from our next guest. It is Mark Efren. Mark has done some tremendous research on, on what really is associated with high performance in terms of advancing quickly in your career and getting awesome ratings, you know, according to the science. Peace. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. To get the most out of this conversation, visit awesomeatyourjob.com to find today's show notes, transcript, and infographic summary cheat sheet. For more entertaining professional skill sharpening, be sure to subscribe to catch the next episode of How to Be Awesome at Your Job.